On this evening's programme, I return to Grana Braher on Cork City's north side. Again, with family and friends, we continue but also conclude our two-part programme outlining the very active life and times of John O'Shea, or John R., the singing fireman. John passed away five years ago on February 15th, 2018. The legacy that he left encompasses a wide range of activities like gardener, baker, historian, cook, fireman and performer, to name but a very few. Mary Ring's initial email to me suggesting a tribute program to John has snowballed into two programs, but believe me, it could quite easily have been more. So, good evening and welcome to Where the Road Takes Me. I hope you will enjoy a tribute to the singing fireman, John O'Shea, Program 2. John Richard O'Shea was born in Ballymac-Thomas within a stone's throw and obviously within earshot of the Bells of Shandon. At the age of five, John and the family moved uphill to a new housing estate in Gronabraher, later to be referred to as the Red City because of the red-tiled roofs. The separation between urban and rural here at the time was a very thin line, so it was quite usual for city dwellers to take up employment in farming. The work was hard, but the young O'Shea derived great satisfaction from delivering milk and attending to livestock for the famous father O'Flynn, or Flinny as he was known as. Not far from home was the Sunbeam Woolsley factory, and John later worked there, servicing and maintaining machinery at nighttime. Singing and performing was coming along nicely when John joined Cork Fire Service, later rising to the rank of third officer. The two seemingly intertwined nicely, eventually giving John his stage name of The Singing Fireman. Let Aaron remember the days of old Ere her faithless sons betrayed her When Maliki wore the collar of gold Which he won from the proud invader When her kings with standard of greens unfold Led the red branch knights to danger Here the emerald gem of the western world was set in the crown of a stranger. On Loch Ness banks as the fisherman strays in the clear cool deep declining, he sees the round towers of other days in the waves beneath him shining. Hush a memory of in dreams Catch a glimpse of the days that are over Cause dying through the waves of time For the long-faded glories they cover Let Aaron remember the days of old Here her faithless sons betrayed her When Maliki wore the collar of gold Which he won from the proud invade when her kings with standard of greens unfold, dead the red branch knights to danger. Here the emerald gem of the western world was set in the crown of a stranger. The singing fireman John O'Shea and Let Aaron Remember, one song in his vast repertoire. But what sort of repertoire exactly did the singing fireman have? For the answer to that, I turned to the Cork balladeer himself, Jimmy Crowley. He would have the ballad singer, like the ballads 
that were huge in the 60s. There was a, but he would always have his lie George, the armoured car, and you can view it from Fair Hill, which is a forgotten song, and I'm going to start singing it because it's brilliant. If you're ever passing by, ask it what you... John always sang that, John R. And I'll never find out to John. I'm going to ask Tony today and the pucker, the pucker bully, is it time that I know what the R stands for? What's does John R mean? Because, you know, yeah, was very proud of his middle initial, you know? Yeah. Is, is it Raymond or... Ray Richard, Robert Yeah, Robert we'd have to... Just time I found out. I know it was a very... It was an awful cliche now to say, oh, he was a great character. Well, he wasn't a great character in that sense. He was a great community man, a great keeper of the tradition and a respecter of it and understood it, you know? And a great natural voice. Strong voice, musical voice. He had an adaptable voice that would, you know, bring him into country and western ballads and the authentic songs, you know, the North Side, which he he saw this as the whole thing and Paul Frost explained that to me and he said you I was, might have been a bit bigoted at that time you know like the cultusy thing like that cider treader out like there was only a few songs that were in he said no you have to open up and say listen to the Rolling Stones as well as Sean O'Reilly like. and I said well I do too. I listen to the Kingston you know and so <laughs> Paul Frost guided me about being broad minded with music you know you just have to my dad was a great opera singer sure, and great opera fan and I, I was reared in the area so John O'Shea would have been aware of that they would have you know they'd, they'd have been from the same because the people in the north side are great lovers of opera. Extraordinary. And who's going to write the musical about Geely's ghost or something? I think there's a brilliant opera set in Cork where a, a kind of an Italian tenor gets lost. He goes on the he goes on the, on the piss like or so. He goes down to the lash at all and gets drunk or something and, and they have to get this fellow from Sonny so and so make up a name. I know there was great singers like Walu and Blackpool who were, who knew all the, the operas. But if you could write into an opera, John, it would be fantastic with original songs. This local lad who gets pulled up for the night and takes in La Traviata or something, you know. <laughs> to be great, like. Well, to answer Jimmy Crowley's query about what the R stood for in John R, seemingly there were two John O'Shea's in Cork Fire Service, so John used his middle name Richard to differentiate between both. Now, Peter Smith Dawson was an Australian-born baritone and songwriter. He gained worldwide renown through song recitals and many best-selling recordings of operatic arias, oratorio solos and rousing ballads during his career which spanned almost 60 years. John Orr's great friend, singer Sean O'Shea, says that the singing fireman was a huge fan of Dawson's. He sang songs like On the Road to Mandalay and, uh, oh God, um, can't think of it. Uh, that's my senior moment, John. Uh, but he would have that. And then he had a vast country and western repertoire, you know. But the thing about him is that every song he sang, he lived it, you know. And I suppose you couldn't talk about John O'Shea without mentioning his late wife, Patsy. John would be telling you like uh, that himself and Patsy were out the night before somewhere and he would use the phrase myself and Patsy and it was as if it was one person and you know I think when Patsy died I don't know how many years ago I was over in London it was around Patrick's Day and my wife texted me and I just couldn't believe it she was in for an operation and she died and um, he made a good fist of his life afterwards but there was a certain loneliness there uh, when Patsy went and uh, I always remember we had a habit in latter years that we'd meet about maybe once every three weeks or that way and we'd go to Blarney for a coffee and reminisce and I'd drop him back then to his house in Parklands and I always noticed that he'd get out of the car walk in the door but you'd hear him whistling and there was a strange feeling of loneliness 
about it. As if he was whistling to keep himself company while he walked yes, through an exactly, empty house. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And um, he was a wonderful family man. He reared a wonderful family, each and every one of them, and uh, very fond of his grandchildren. And I believe that he was extremely good to his grandchildren and extremely generous with his grandchildren. And of course, like I mentioned briefly, the, the fire station, he was extremely proud of being a fireman and um, I'd say was a very brave fireman. I remember one time there was a, a body of an unfortunate woman in the river, in the Lee. This is way back now. He was leading fireman at the time and the body was discovered and it was in a state of extreme... What's this word I'm trying to give? Yes. That word, yeah, that'll do. John turned up anyway. Now, it wouldn't be John's place to retrieve it, but he wouldn't want any of the firemen to do it. So I think in those days it was pretty primitive, like he more or less stripped and jumped in and uh, put some kind of thing around the body. That shook him for a week, but like the, the bravery was there, you know. And he would be telling you then about the big fires they fought. There was one in, in a shop called Sutton's above in McCorton Street. That was a huge blaze. That would be where Crowley's music shop was afterwards. And I oh, think yeah. there's a cafe or something yeah. there now, yeah. you know.
Being in the fire service, Tony, as you know well yourself, because you were retired now from the service yourself, it's a very tough and it's a very dangerous job, but I would imagine even more so back in his time because you didn't have the safety procedures or equipment that you have now. No, 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 no. I mean, it was primitive back then, you know, even we just say like for the river now, like river rescues at the time, like it was just take off your coat and jump in. You know what I mean? There was no such thing as life jackets or, you know, what they have now, these full body suits and procedures that you have to adhere to to go into the river. That time, even if you had a rope, you were lucky to get tie a rope around you you know but it was pretty dangerous at the time like and you know there was a lot of uh, near misses because of that and uh, as as you progress in the fire brigade you learn a lot from your mistakes you know and you learn to you know if there's a course coming up we say a river course you put your name down for that course because you know that for your own safety and for the public safety you know you have to have that done and experience too counts a lot you know also the platforms though that they have the hydraulic platforms they do away with the ladders inside and the ladders are you know the last thing to be used you know if they can get away with using a, a platform they'll use that you know which cuts down a lot and, and, and you know risk assessment you know and risk, risks in the job itself you know yeah. from your early days and knowing the fire brigade he obviously attended like you did obviously attended a lot of harrowing scenes I suppose did it, did it affect him in any way or did he talk about it afterwards he did he spoke about it a lot alright I mean if if he come he'd, if he finished duty and there was a there was a nasty job that night he'd come home and he'd, he'd mention it like but two or three hours later that would be it then that he'd be finished with it you know um, like myself when I joined if I came across a bad accident or if I came across you know a bad fire or whatever incident would be you just can't come home and tell your wife about it or your children about it because they don't want to hear about it like you just just you might mention it for five or ten minutes and that's it then forget about it you know and now in the station we got counsellors in we are trained counsellors so there's a you know an incident that needs a debrief um, we can handle that ourselves at this stage like so before the macho image was to just you know suck it up and, and up go away forget, about, you know, it, forget yeah. about it and uh, yeah. but that's changed now like I mean, I did a course myself on counselling. So after an incident, you bring the lads down to the room, you know, the, the lecture room or whatever room is available. Sit them down and, and talk about it. You know, what do you want to say? It's an incident that you... It's an unnatural incident, you know what I mean? That like, someone dies or someone loses a limb or something. Like, it's not something that happens every day. And especially for new lads coming into the job, it's just, you know, to talk about it is, is good, you know, and to get it out of the way and move on then again, you know, for the next, next job, you know. The singing fireman's son, Tony O'Shea. And that brings part one in programme two to a close. It's the second of a two-part programme paying tribute to John O'Shea, the singing fireman, a famous son of Cork City's Northside. The concluding parts, two and three, are on the way in a few moments right here on Where the Road Takes Me on C103. (laughs) 